Hi, this is Garrett Wong. I played Ensign Kim on Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello. I'm a mad space scientist and my name is Angus. <laughs> <laughs> I was working in the lab late last night and I cooked up a couple of human podcaster hybrids. With me I have Craig. Hello. I and, exist. <laughs> and Natalie. So happy to be here. <laughs> so glad to say that. It's that time of year again where we talk about alien movies. And no one's been happy about it for two years. <laughs> We've found all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, so it's just the the dreck from here on out. Yep. This should be the last one. Well, uh, it wouldn't be a Neil Before pod, pod if we didn't Neil Before and Rise Against. So, Natalie, what are you kneeling before? Um, well, Fake just reminded me once more that it has to be entertainment-based, I guess. So, Peaky Blinders, <laughs> because I'm so far behind the times. And last month, I managed to watch every season in the space of five days. And that includes going to work. So, like, I'm impressed with myself. Just dedication. Mm. Home. That is impressive. Thank you. Um, enjoyed it. Are you going to write up a retrospective for the <clears throat> website? Um, no. The haircuts of Tommy Shelby. Oh. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> he only really has one, I suppose. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's my kneel before. That is a short list. Mm. Okay, Craig, what are you kneeling before? Well, I'm going to kneel before. Uh, Disney are releasing their streaming service this year, uh, possibly next year in this country, who knows. But they've, been, they've announced a bunch of things. One of the things I'm really interested in is this animated What If series, which is ask the question, what if anything, you know, anything to do with the, the kind of superheroes. So the first one they're going to do is, what if Captain America was uh, Peggy Carter? Uh, and so they're going to do some kind of animated short, I don't know how short it'll be, about Peggy Carter becoming Captain America in, in the 40s. Uh, and I think that's going to be really interesting. It's a character I like. I like the what if thing. Alternate realities are always fun. So I'm amped for that. Mm. I've not heard about that at all. It sounds cool. Yeah, be a bit of, well, what if, literally. Once they have their streaming service, does that mean no more Star Wars or Avengers or anything on Netflix? Is everything going to just be pooled and shown only on Disney? As I understand it, yeah. I think as soon as the rights lapse for all these things, they'll they'll just revert back to where they belong. That's such a cheesy... They've already... (laughs) (laughs) They've already said that no more Marvel films will appear on Netflix for that reason. Um, I think they'll be able to keep the the ones they made. Yeah. yeah, the Netflix originals. Oh well, it was fun while it lasted. Nobody wants the Netflix originals, do they? <laughs> Not anymore. People got sick of them, including mm-hmm. Netflix. Always been sick of them. <laughs> okay, kneeling before I will kneel before mm. and continue to kneel before Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes, it came out in October. I've only been playing it since December, but um, yeah, solid. 
hasn't left the disk drive. Mm, well, except that one time. Finally completed the main campaign. Now working on the epilogue. Mm. But is that uh, an extensive yeah. epilogue. I believe it. I believe it is. Yeah, about twenty percent of the story is With. epilogue. Oh. So. so done. Yeah, it got a little dusty in here towards the end of the main campaign, but um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it sounds super jump. I haven't even played any of the, the Red Dead games. Oh, so good. I do have the first one, I think, but I've never played it. I would encourage you to play it. I don't really like westerns, though. That's kind of a problem. Oh, you will. <laughs> you will. I will. You'll be converted, and then the only films you'll want to watch will be westerns. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Except for Back to the Future 3, because that's still trash. That's about the only western I would really watch. Me! <laughs> No wonder you don't like westerns if that's yeah, what I love you're thinking. Back basing. to the Future Three. It's not really nah. a western. It's a pastiche of a western. I don't like it at all. Me and Gus B talked about this the other day because he was going to put it on, and I was like, "No, I'm not watching that ever again." Well, that's harsh. Bold, a bold <laughs> statement. Mate, um, like, why would you ever choose three over one or two? It sounds like you're rising against it. Well, the way I watch Back to the Future is I watch all three of them at once. So mm. that's the way I on three TVs simultaneously. Yeah, simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> Line up surprisingly well. <laughs> I could actually do that as well. That's the soundtrack thing. to Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> Backwards. Uh, I, I have seen Cowboys and Aliens, or Cowboys versus Aliens, or whatever it's called. That was also rubbish. That is another terrible western. I suppose I quite like Firefly. That's kind of a western. Yeah, there you go. That's kind of. Back in the right uh, direction. I'll be back are there spaceships in, in Red Dead Redemption? Uh, no, there aren't, as far as I'm aware. Not even hidden UFOs like there is in Grand Theft Auto? No, it's a lot more um, based in reality. As much as being able to slow down time and pick out your enemies <laughs> in a gunfight is reality. Well, that's slightly disappointing. <laughs> if aliens, okay. I might be interested. <laughs> Well, maybe one day you'll get to that copy of Red Dead 1. All right, I'm going to throw it back around the circle the other way. Uh, back to you, Craig, for your Rise Against. Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, I recently watched the Hellboy reboot, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's um, it's really bad. Uh, so, yeah, it's supposed to be R-rated, which is apparently a good thing, except it's not. It's R-rated in the sense that people like to swear and be violent. So it's as if a 12-year-old made a film um, apparently it was met with a lot of production issues in the back uh, the back end uh, interestingly the director has not been present during any of the marketing whatsoever he just hasn't done any interviews he hasn't said anything He's um, it suggests that something really bad went down but it's a terrible film and I don't think you should go and see it was the, was the R rating a kind of reaction to Deadpool like this worked here so uh, let's try it again I really don't know. I think the, I think the intention of it was good enough. As in, we want to make this this film with as much violence and horror elements as we want mm-hmm. or as we can, and and then I think eventually it just devolved into what we have now, uh, which is just a juvenile piece of crap, basically. Um, there wasn't much to that redeemed it. Uh, David Harbour wasn't even that good. I don't think. Uh, no patch on Big Ron. <laughs> who we'll talk about later <laughs> yeah who will uh, be talking about one of his lesser <laughs> outputs into the, the acting world uh, but 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we didn't get Hellboy 3, and I kind of held out hope that this reboot would somehow justify it, the fact that we're not getting Hellboy 3. But now it's like, can we just get Hellboy 3? But in this world of undoing reboots, um, such as with Robocop and Terminator and Halloween, maybe we will get Hellboy 3 one day. One day. Before Ron gets too old. I think he might be there already, but I don't know. No, he no, looked no. pretty old in Sons of Anarchy, he still and that was that was a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, Natalie, what are you rising against? Fires. I'm just reading the news. <laughs> I know Craig hates this, but he does. I've just been yeah. sent. A... Can you change it to an entertainment thing? <laughs> no, but this is well. To be fair, though, like. The news nowadays is entertainment for a no, lot of people. No, really not. <laughs> um, but Notre Dame is on fire, and it's really sad. So that's um. As featured in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, yeah, which you'll be able to see on yeah. Disney's streaming service yeah, right? later this year or perhaps next right? year in the UK. So no, seriously, fire in this, in that film, it's see. really sad. The spires just collapse, and um, I'm sad that I'll never get to see it. And that would have been my entertainment. You know, going to see it, and now I'm really sad. So hopefully everyone's okay. Um, that's what I'm rising against right now. Okay, on a similar level, I'm rising against Pet Cemetery. What? The new 2019 remake You're of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Like Is that it? the one from the author of it? Yes, from the <laughs> the lesser known author of it, um, from the author of the Dark Tower. No <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I like the books, the film, terrible. Um, yeah, I think this. We went to see it recently, mm-hmm. and I just think that it was another one of his books that just hasn't been. Converted to film yeah, but very well. I don't think well. you can do that with Stephen King's books. No, but I, I don't thought, think they can be condensed. I thought like it that. was a, a good um, interpretation of the of the sort of um, early period part of that movie, and I'm looking forward to seeing the second part of it. I think it was well done. I read the whole book, and I think that uh, yeah, there's differences that I think the book's better than the film, hmm. but I still enjoyed the film. Whereas Pet Cemetery, I think, is just another example of how his work is difficult to to make into a film with success. So I enjoyed about it though. It had me scared like very, very quickly. Like it had me on age from like a really impressively early time and kept it up for the whole movie. And I kind of want to read the book, but so the movie's done that for me. It's made me want to read the book so I've got more detail and information, but I'm also petrified. Have you seen it, Craig? No, uh, it was out the same weekend as Edinburgh Comic Con, so I was mm. too busy. And then there was the showings after that were crap, so I've not bothered. Uh, it sounds like I'm not missing much, but um, I I haven't read that one, but I can imagine from having seen that film now that the book would be far better because I can no, see what they were tr- what they were trying to do, but I just don't think it was a a great conversion to film. Mm. Uh, I also haven't well, seen it because it has clowns in it, and I can't watch stuff with clowns in it. Ever. Or faces yeah. made out of food. <laughs> or food made out of yeah, fa- yeah. Food made out of faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. I mean, most people are scared of that. 
quake made into the shape of faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate. Some deep insight into my psyche here, guys. Just uh... absolutely horrifying. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, we'll move on to the topic of tonight's discussion. Yay! <laughs> A small cheer there for for part four in the Alien Quadrilogy, Alien Resurrection. If I had to cheer, you don't have to cheer. I'm definitely not. You can make um, any other sort of reaction sounds if you like. Oh, oh that's good right. Good for you. <laughs> Um, Why is Christian Bale here? Part. <laughs> Very accurate impression. Thank you. I'm here all night. Natalie, your spoiler-free thoughts. Spoiler-free. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Craig. Uh, it's not good. Um, I haven't actually seen this film since it was rented for me from the video shop. Whenever it came out on VHS, nice. Uh, that was the only time I've seen it. So I've had the quadrilogy on DVD and Blu-ray for years, and never bothered revisiting it. Um, it's crap. It, did your mum? Did your mum rent this for you? I believe it was my dad, if I remember right. correctly. Well, I blame him for introducing this to your life. Well, yeah, but presumably, you'd already seen the the other at least two. Yeah, I'd seen all three of them before that point. So I thought that's another alien film. I mean. I don't remember what I thought of it at the time, but and then in subsequent years I've just heard how rubbish it is. And then now that I finally revisited it, I agree it's complete rubbish. Uh, just nothing about it. I liked really. Mm. Mm. Gusby, what about you? I have to agree. I think I'd, I've obviously watched Alien and Aliens many times over. And have never really revisited three and four because they're always they've always been the lesser films in the quadrilogy. But for some reason, I had it in my mind that Resurrection was an improvement on three. I don't know whether or not that's just because it's kind of the widely held opinion. But I I'm now questioning my childish brain from back in the day and thinking, <laughs> what the hell was I thinking after having seen this? And how could I have enjoyed it at all? Because I agree, it was. Did you enjoy it as a child? Well, I just think, you know, it was an alien movie and it was like a horror movie. So you were like, you know, we'll watch this. And it's kind of fun just watching people being killed off and in kind of... Spoiler free? Well, yeah. It's an alien movie. People are going to die. Um, It's a horror film. People die. But, yeah, I'm I'm questioning just how I could possibly have found it entertaining in the past. Because re-watching it again is... I think you said this in a text to me. It's a slog. It is just, I mean, you're kind of watching it and just thinking, you know, how much more is there to go? It's also the shortest of them. <laughs> I did not feel it. Yeah. No, um, not at all. I think, you, I think you possibly think it's better than Alien 3 because it's easier to follow. No. Uh, I don't know about no. that either. No. I, I will like, come to that. We can talk about that. Yeah, I, I think I, that's another thing that I, you know, my memory of it is that I kind of have an idea of what, is going on in the film. Yeah, I can, I think, you know, it's fairly straightforward, but I don't think that the film does a very good job of, of um, conveying that to you at all. You know, as you're watching it, you're like, who's this? What, what, what's going on here? Why are they doing this? And it, it doesn't really ever, 
help you along the way. I don't know whether or not they're, you know, we're we're all just too dumb to understand alien resurrection. <laughs> but I'm gonna guess that no we're not and it's just been badly made. People think we're dumb for not liking it. I'm sure there's some defenders out there. As I said, with Alien 3, didn't actually hear from anyone about that, but uh, it's fine. Everyone's worst film is someone's favourite film. Exactly. No, there's no fucking... (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. Someone out there thinks this is their favourite film. Craig, we went over this before, and now, with having seen this... (laughs) ...pile of a movie... (laughs) I can tell you that that might be true now for Aliens 3, but it's only because they've seen Aliens 4 and now think, actually, Aliens 3 wasn't that bad. There's, there's no accounting for taste, but there, it's certainly possible that someone out there thinks nah. this is their favourite film well, of all time. Well, if, mm-hmm. if it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's the only movie that they've ever seen. Could be. Okay, I feel like we can't discuss it much more without straying into the territory of spoilers, so um, Craig hit whatever... Um, inventive spoiler alarm you've got. Danger. The emergency disrupt system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T-minus 10 minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T-minus 5 minutes. And now we're safely in spoilerific territory. So, what plot there is, we can discuss just now. Q&A, Q&A, Q&A. Oh, Q&A, Q&A, Q&A. We've got a Q. Shall we A? Yeah, what is yes. it? It's actually two questions, although one of them's funny. Uh, they're both from Stephen, who says, One question. Who were you expecting? Santa Claus? <laughs> line in the film? Well, it was not the worst line in the film, but it's... Oh, Probably the yeah. best line in the film. <laughs> Worst and best at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the actual question is, if they had followed Joss Whedon's vision, do you think it would have been a far more acceptable film? Or do you feel that the idea of the film was deeply flawed to begin with? And then they put in brackets, I do enjoy this movie, but it's absolutely terrible. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I like the lol at the end. Yeah. Um, so Joss Whedon has went on record saying that they butchered his script, they changed the ending... And then the delivery of the lines was apparently not what he envisioned. So it was apparently taken seriously when it was supposed to be played for laughs. I'm not sure that would have made the film any better. It would have made mm. the film a bit more Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. which may not have been better. Um, I mean, I like Joss Whedon a lot, but I think I, I don't think anything that was going on was interesting enough to have a, you know, a tongue-in-cheek tone salvage it. Mm. No, I think it was badly executed from every angle <laughs> and the director couldn't speak english and there were translators yeah. on set so i think even if even if it, it, it had been filmed exactly to whedon's specifications and with his ending I, I yeah i just don't think this one was bound for success i'm thinking if joss whedon really thinks that he had any better a storyline or a script then the people who made it obviously destroyed his script and went with something else because it's utter trash. But this came out in 1997, which was when, correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, began. 
Garbage. It's garbage. And he, you know... Buffy's garbage? <laughs> no. No. So that was obviously successful garbage. because of Joss Whedon, but then this was unsuccessful because of... It seems difficult to blame him for it, but then... I blame everyone involved <laughs> that had anything to do with this. <laughs> it makes me almost hate the fact that Alien was born because it gave us this movie. It was also you know, three years after Toy Story. Hmm? Which uh, Joss Whedon also wrote. Joss Whedon wrote Toy Story. Some of it, anyway. Yeah. What the fuck what world are we living in? That, <laughs> that you this man that. creates Toy Story and this An alien resurrection. <laughs> the same, the same world in which the director of this film would go on to direct Amelie. What? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Well, after this film, he said he was done with Hollywood. Did he just do this for like? The did last... he just do this for like work experience? Like he directed somebody owed him a favor. The film he that he directed before this was The Island of Lost Children, I think. Oh, we've seen that. Which mostly, which obviously um, has Ron Perlman in it as well. And yeah. I think that that Alien Resurrection is more of a sequel to The Island of Lost Children than it is to <laughs> Alien Three. <laughs> I'm going to second that. The I don't know what it is about his style, but I, I found it really jarring throughout the film and just was like, why are there so many weird close-ups of people's faces and kind of pull-ins and all these weird angles and things? Uh, yeah, it felt totally wrong. Yeah. So Joss Whedon's script was off base from minute one. That's what we think. Yeah, thanks for the question. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. I hope we've answered it to your satisfaction. And see, he apparently enjoys the film, Natalie, so... Who does? Steven. He enjoys Yeah, it. but it's not going to be his favourite in the whole of the world. No, probably not, but he does enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to go with definitely. <laughs> Maybe you can answer that in the next podcast. Steven, is it your favourite film? And if not, what is? Well, I don't want to know what his movie is, but I want to know why he likes it at all. That would be a better question. Tell us now why. I was asking the people asking questions that's getting really meta here. It's going to keep going in a big circle. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. what do we think of the plot? Uh, 200 years after the end of Alien 3... Uh, is that ever told to? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, because she's like, dead. Uh, um, an army lab in space is floating around, experimenting, trying to clone Ripley so that they can get an alien queen. They need space pirates to show up with bodies for them to infect with face huggers, And then... As usual, whenever you're dealing with the xenomorph, everything goes wrong, and it's down to a band of less than plucky survivors to uh, escape from aliens rampaging around a ship. Uh, is it just more of the same? Have we seen enough of this plot before? I actually feel like this film should be called Aliens Resurrection, <laughs> if you go by the, the previous naming conventions that the series has. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there are multiple aliens, so therefore it's aliens. Right? Yeah, but what do you think about the plot, Craig? I think it's. I think I don't think there is one really, other than what you've just explained. Yeah. It's just yeah. There's a kind of flimsy setup for people running through identical looking corridors, being picked off one by one, which you know is your standard horror setup. But for Alien, you might expect. Okay, at this point, you would probably expect something better because there's only been one bad one. I mean, by this point, we know that the Alien franchise is. You know, is a bad franchise with two good films in it. Uh, but <laughs> apart from next year when I get to defend Alien vs. Predator, I can't wait. <laughs> I wish it was this year. Uh, 
2020 is the year of AVP. <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, the tease. So I'm just going to spend this podcast setting up next year's podcast. Uh, it's, it's the fantastic beast of podcasts. <laughs> what did you think, Natalie, what, what, what the plot? Uh, they kind of have one. Um, it's just... Why does it take so long to get going? It should not exist. It should not exist in any form. All it's done is once more all over the first two movies. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get, like, I don't get the story. I don't get why, I mean, I'd get it. I just don't find it interesting or, like, entertainment, like, at all. I don't get why, like, who, who hired the actors that they got to be the roles I don't get why it was like an utter piss take. Like I just don't get like the tone of it is weird, the story's weird. Do you think that I don't think it's got any redeeming feature and I'm trying so hard to find one because I really <laughs> like Winona so Ryder. Explain though, isn't there? Like early on it's like yeah. you've got to explain what well, the space pirates are, you've got to explain why Ripley has been brought back. Yep. You've got to explain what they're up to. You've, you know, there's just so much... They've done loads of things before. Like, in other movies, like, they have to very quickly establish what the hell's going on because, obviously, it's different to our world, you know. But I just feel like they've always been working with... And someone recently told me... Where was it? You can't polish a turd. <laughs> and it's, like, it's that basic thing of... We've heard that a million times. You legit can't do that. Like... You couldn't. Doesn't matter how good an actor you got for that movie, you could never make it good. It was just. I don't know why they continued on making it because they must have gotten to a stage where they were like, "This is absolute garbage," and they just kept on making it because they were obviously had gotten the funding or whatever, and they just kept on rolling with it. Like, ha, oh, what a joke! It is an utter. Well. Ming hag of a movie. We know what's similar about it to the other films we've said the kind of um plot points that it shares but it does have an excuse for bringing sigourney weaver back because she died at the end of alien 3 she's a clone now uh it also introduces a very disturbing <laughs> alien hybrid <laughs> um so you know there's these bits and pieces that i can see where they're trying to kind of uh develop but I don't know. I just feel like it didn't. Were they trying to be a B movie, but didn't hang together? Were they trying to be a B movie, but with a bigger budget? Well, Sigourney Weaver was asked, like, why she did this film, and she basically said because they rolled up to my house with a dump truck of money. (laughs) That was something funny in the trivia. Uh, Apparently, she got paid eleven million dollars, which was the budget of the first Alien film, to be in this. So, yeah, I would, um, I would do it for that kind of money. Is that like the Michael Caine in Jaws four? Yeah. Is it Jaws 4? Yeah, I've got a beach house to pay off. You know, yeah. I'll just uh, take the money and, and deal with this. <laughs> but seriously, my like appreciation for all of those people. Well, I know it. What I think down. is, what I think strange is that, arguably, it has a better cast than Alien Three. I mean, I'm not dissing the dance, Charles Dance. You know, <laughs> I love you, but Sigourney Weaver, uh, Ron Perlman, Winona Ryder. Um, I'm going to be controversial right now. Grima Wormtongue. 
Yeah, Brad Dourif. <laughs> I don't really rate Von Perlman that much. Or Suder from Star Trek Voyager. That's who he also played. On paper, you know, fairly strong cast. But maybe it was the material or the direction because... I think it was everything. Yeah, even the cast. Everything. <laughs> Why did Winona Ryder think that... Like, I... I, I can answer that question. Mate. She I, said that she wanted so much to be in an alien film, she would have done anything to be in an alien film. Really? Even if it was getting killed in the first five minutes. Well, they should have done that. It should have just been <laughs> that she was that first five minutes victim. Because having her... I thought it was because she maybe always wanted to play a robot or an android or something. And in great, she got to be like, oh, I got to play an android in an alien movie. Like, great. But... Just, I have no, no time for this movie. I hate that we're doing a podcast on it because I legit feel like I want to forget it. We're spending. I want to forget it as soon as possible. (laughs) I went to bed last night. I'm pretty sure I had like Raj nightmares because the treatment of the (laughs) baby at the end. It's like so sinister. Like it's so dark. (laughs) It's so. They even gave it more of an expression so that you would feel that way. Yeah. And you do. Yeah. You've been moved by alien resurrection. No. Just the needless killing of uh, of the hybrid babies. Well, it wasn't needless. I mean, it was a killing machine. Just going around biting people's I heads off. I was so off. sad. See when, see when that alien baby kills its mum, like its actual birth mum. I was so sad. They've just, they've just gone in there and just absolutely fucked with everything that you love about Alien and uh, and try to destroy it. <laughs> Wait till we re- get to Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> I read that Sigourney Weaver, apart from the dump truck of cash, said that she was interested in the, because the whole sort of cloning process for um, Ripley ended up with her being kind of spliced with Alien DNA and giving her these weird inconsistent powers and some acidic blood. Uh so, you know, she's kind of playing a a weird version of a character that we've seen her play a few times. What did you think of that as a as a direction for the character, Craig? I think that so if Sigourney Weaver said she was interested in that, that sounds like marketing garbage <laughs> to me. You know, that just sounds <laughs> it sounds like the stuff that you say when you're doing the rounds promoting the film. You know, you don't actually necessarily believe that. Um I was watching it and I was like, This isn't Ripley. Uh it's kind of like the you know, the decline of John McClane as well. You know, she used to be this kind of just a scrappy working class space miner. Uh, and now she's like a superhero, basically, that can use her acid blood to escape from cells. And, and she just randomly hits people and plays basketball for some reason. And kind of cradles them, fondles them, kind of sniffs a lot of things. Yeah. yeah she's not Ripley. I mean, obviously she's yeah. a clone, but like, there's nothing really about her that makes me think there's anything of Ripley left in here. I wonder if that's what also makes it feel so terrible. It's just that anything we knew and possibly loved about 1 and 2 and to a much, much no, lesser extent no, 3. No, nothing. No, no, don't bring that one into it. <laughs> there's almost nothing there. No redeeming features. Was there not? Um, I was reading that there was an early version of the script that called for Newt to be the one that was resurrected. 
So that you know, if you think about all the personality shifts, that makes a lot more sense. Um, apparently they changed it probably because Gordy Weaver actually said yes, and they were like, "We can't believe this." And then the other reason is there is no aliens infecting um, Newt at any point. Well, knowing that that she took eleven million dollars to be in this trash movie makes me understand a little bit why their effects and nearly everything else was so shit. Because she legit took all the money. Why does? Why I want to know is why cloning someone from a drop of their blood? Why does that? How does that? How do you get an alien queen? Uh, embryo inside that clone? Is that just yeah, space was, science? Was there not the... Does the dialogue not imply that she was like impregnated with an alien queen in Alien 3? Yeah. And that's that's another um, that's another problem with the whole this isn't Ripley thing. Again, scrappy space miner, but now she's like the host of a queen alien? Like, I mean, if she's going to be infected by an alien, then surely it's just the same as anybody else. Like, why but did they not try and say early on, though, like that for some reason it it just it worked with her? Like, they had some sort of weird symbiotic relationship. We also don't know why, where the alien queens come from, I guess. Like, how they, how they well, appear. They obviously I mean, found it on another planet. They've just been destined to come together. Yeah. From light years apart, across the galaxy, they found one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, the alien queen and, and aliens is just kind of there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. You don't really need an explanation, you know, which we'll talk about at length when we get onto Prometheus, I would imagine. You know, the, the lack of necessity for explanations and these sorts of things sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, So it's just the, yeah, for whatever reason, this alien impregnated her, decided to become a queen, and throughout the cloning process, her DNA was spliced with aliens, so now she's like part alien. I guess it was lucky for the for the scientists that were looking to get that alien that it all worked out eventually, and it only took eight clones to be able to have a viable one. <laughs> How did they get her DNA? I mean, she was pretty well crisped. Yeah. In the last film. I don't. I wonder why. I wonder if that's why they said it was from blood because she maybe bled somewhere and somebody went and had to scrape up that blood. Mm. Or I guess the monks or whoever they were could have taken a sample when she was unconscious. Mm. Yeah, there's ways around that. I guess. I mean, it's the least of my problems. <laughs> So we've mentioned the supporting cast, and I said that you know it's a fairly strong ensemble. But mm-hmm. do they are the characters all that interesting at all, or are they just fodder? And I was trying to think about what the difference between the fodder in of the colonial marines in Aliens is. Uh, you know, they they are interesting and well portrayed um, by lesser known actors, I'd say, and yet these ones are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't find anything about them really to to be all that interesting at all. And the whole it takes so long, kind of setting up who they are, and you see them kind of hanging around this military ship. And I don't feel like a connection to any of them. Mm-mm. I don't feel a connection to any of it at all. Yeah, they're mm. all they're all except the except the alien. <laughs> yeah, they're all painfully one note. Like Ron Perlman's the he's the douchey misogynist and. Then you've got the disabled guy. And then you've got Nona Ryder. Uh, she has no personality. 
until she becomes an android, and then that's her personality, is that she's an android. And The other woman, that, like you don't learn anything about her whatsoever other than she's having a relationship with um, Michael Winslow. Yeah, and then there's the... Then there's the guy that has guns in his series for some reason. And that's about it. I mean, they're all just, yeah, they're all just cannon fodder or alien fodder, but like... I did like that they have like a disabled character as one of their main characters, though, because that is something that you don't see very often for a movie in the 90s. I think that that's quite a... Why am I trying to find a redeemed feature for it? It's utter nut. Can you see... Can you see any of Joss Whedon's normal, you know, his his usual um, skill at creating a cast of characters? Do you think there's a kernel of it in there that's just been completely kind of watered down or wiped out by the filmmakers? I think there is an attempt at banter. You know, the, the first scene that they, they appear, there's that kind of attempt of, look at us, we've been together in space for quite a while and we have little in-jokes and we talk back and forth to one another and this guy stabs me in the leg quite differently for some reason <laughs> but, and, it's, it's just weird so you've got i mean you've got all that to its credit you, they do kind of they feel like people that haven't just met which is what we're supposed to get out of that scene featuring them uh, you know they're kind of talking about fairly mundane things um yeah they're i just i don't know i find that the bonding group. scenes of the of the marines and aliens just so much more effective Oh, they're, yeah, they are much better. Again, you get the impression that they've been together quite a while and they have their little in-jokes and they've seen they've seen a few things in their campaigns together. But yeah, mm. in this, it's just... It's a watered-down version of that. It's the... People like the Colonial Marines. Let's do that again, but with pirates. Because everyone loves pirates. <laughs> but, uh, disclaimer, I do not love pirates. I mean, and what about the, the military characters? Anything at all stand out about any of them. Obviously Brad Dourif's a great actor, but Was he the main one that's really hairy? No. <laughs> those those are that's probably like the best thing about the film was just how hairy those shoulders were. <laughs> <laughs> but um again, yeah, they're just so one note, like you said, Craig, and just nothing nothing really to to find entertaining about like, any of them. Do you mean like that guy that like tries to kiss through the glass? Yeah, that's Brad Dourif. Oh my God. He's he is good at being creepy, and I guess that's you know he, he does that well. The, the other it's guy, challenging film for him. the other the other guy, Ren, was just like so uh, melodramatic and over the top, and you know, anytime he was delivering lines to the to the pirates, he was just kind of you know blowing everything out of proportion. <laughs> I feel like he should have been on like a sort of, like a police academy. Yeah, what are they called? he seemed like he was in a different film altogether. Yeah. <laughs> Like it felt very like, yeah, it felt like a weird comedy movie, whenever he was on, and it was kind of like ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I didn't think much of the military people. I liked him. I liked Wormtongue though, you know, because he was just okay at what he did, and um, the scene where he was like playing with the alien by like freezing it, and then it just kind of it recoiled slightly. I think that was him. He didn't yeah. recoil slightly. He was like. Nitro, nitrogening it. Well, it's kind of the <laughs> liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Um, I was really but, sad that bit. Well, it was kind of like he was able to train it to some degree, as in it realised if I do this, I will be hurt. But then, um, yeah, but that's cruel. But then it gets its own back on someone else, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah, 
He, he should really have been the recipient of that freezing, <laughs> but instead just some poor guy comes in armed with a pistol. I don't know why he came in just with that, thinking there's a big acidy hole in the floor. I'll be safe here. <laughs> and then, yeah, the alien was like, uh-uh, scoosh. Also, where did it come from? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, although I did feel... like the alien great escape attempt, you know, the where they just killed one of them. Just acid up the floor. You probably felt sad for that alien that got punctured. God. You think they prepare by, okay, we understand that these things have acid blood, so if we put them in a room together, this might happen. So let's perhaps separate them. I feel bad for all the aliens because they shouldn't be treated that way. You shouldn't be feeling bad for the aliens. They are like soulless killing machines. Well, I just realised that that's her face. What I wondered about this military space lab is why is it such a gothic nightmare of a place? I mean, I know that they have they feel like they've got to kind of continue that grungy, grimy theme that was established all the way back in Alien. But I would I was thinking I think it might have been better if they'd had some kind of sterile lab environment, and it would have at least been interesting because it was a different kind of visual. It has the worst aesthetics. Yeah, it was it's terrible. time we saw something new aesthetic-wise in the Alien universe, isn't it? Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like this was new because it was so terrible. No, it, it really ground, like it really drove it home for me when they went to the chapel and I was like, why would a chapel on a military ship look like this? There's like a weird kind of what tunnel chapel? tunnel to get into it. There was a bit where Winona Ryder um, syncs up with the ship's mainframe. Oh, yeah, that's in the That was in the chapel. Because that's original. Yeah. And I was just looking at it like, I I understand that there's an aesthetic, but then I would have just far preferred if they'd gone for something completely the other way because it looked so... uh, You know, there's these scientists working on cloning and and experimenting on aliens and things. And, uh, yeah, if you want a bit of downtime, you want to go and speak to God, uh, go into this weird techno goth club of a church. Maybe it's fair enough that they have a chapel. That, that's fine. Timeless. But, yeah. Uh, so I thought the effects were trash. You didn't like the visuals. You laughed out loud a couple of times when there were aliens on screen. Yeah. Every time as well. Every time they have a, a, a shot externally, like to the ship, where it's like space, or they're going past Jupiter or whatever, or Saturn. I was like, why bother? Like, why even bother showing us any of that if it looks that awful? <laughs> like, if you can't deliver any decent aesthetic, why even try and pretend that you're trying to transport us into space? I felt like I was more in space without having seen any crap shot of a starry sky with some planets in it. Well... Because we're on a podcast and we're talking about um, CGI, it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, Jurassic Park, which came out in 1993, four years before this movie. And Really? What happened to all other movies? We have computer-generated stuff after any time Jurassic Park came out, because I'm just a bit like, we will hold you to that. It's and money so... plus talent is the problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but, you can throw... Well, they could have given their $11 million to somewhere else and made a semi-decent... You know, it could have had, it could have had a sh- <laughs> story 
Indecent visuals. Or given Sigourney ten million and spent another mil on the, those aliens. Spent anything on the graphics. <laughs> what did they have? her minimum. She wasn't going to do it for any less than a. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> eleven would have only been uh, ten. Would have only been eight tenths of a dump truck. Needed the full dump truck. I read that the director wanted to didn't want to have men in suits for the kind of wide shots of aliens because it was, he thought it was too obvious that it was somebody in a suit. But then I suppose the counter argument to that is that the earlier films were good because they didn't show very much of the aliens. They didn't have these kind of wide, well-lit shots. So when in this film you see you know that alien climbing, scrambling over the escape pod and it looks like some... <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible, like, like silvery have, badness. It would have been better with some plasticine. They could have done like a classic stop motion clash of the Titans, and that would have been that would have been amazing. <laughs> well, but instead, um, they had some. I don't know what anyone was thinking at all. I feel like I really, really struggling to understand how this movie. That that shot was is. followed up with. General Shoulder Fuzz um, oh, CGIing a grenade into the <laughs> escape pod, and that was bad as well. Well, I enjoy it more than the alien. I understand where the director's coming from about the I want to replicate the fact that you don't see much of the alien, but I think that only works up until a point. If you're in the fourth film in a franchise, it's like no, no, show me the show me the alien. Like I've already seen three films where I don't really see the alien. No, I think that was the problem. That's what he was doing because instead of. Uh, Instead of having men in suits, but from you know being able to see the whole lot, they were like, right, let's do these wide shots, but use computers to make really bad. Like I'm sure there were alien computer games that were coming out at that point that were better looking than that. <laughs> alien Three on the PlayStation. <laughs> alien Trilogy on the PlayStation. Yes. Yeah, that was some game. I don't think <laughs> the aliens look better in that, although they didn't look that much worse, I suppose. Uh, I thought it looked. Great. There was AVP on the PC. I'm sure that was it. That. Yes, yes, there was. Just. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I quite like the swimming scene, and just that oh was something my new. God. Really? You know, seeing aliens underwater. That was my one memory of this film, and I was like, I'm sure that looked terrible back then as well. I well, it was thought... making me wonder. You know, you. Have, I mean, obviously, you have all these alien variants and various different things. Um. So you know, I'm just thinking, what if a Face hugger managed to latch onto like a shark or something like that. What we're we gonna get uh, in space like, or yeah. a space dolphin? It's a space lab. They could have sharks. He's right. I mm-hmm. mean, if if I was experimenting on aliens, I would be doing that. I'd be getting every animal I could think of and just seeing what I could cook up. Maybe it's two hundred years in the future. There's probably no sharks. Noah's Ark with as many okay. face huggers as you need. Yeah, exactly. It's just bring me every animal you can think of. I'll now there's your alien resurrection plot. <laughs> I want to see an alien giraffe. I want to see an alien shark. I want to see an alien koala. It's starting to sound like Gremlins 2 now, isn't it? Uh, No, I agree with you. That's always been one of my... um, (laughs) First of all, I've always wanted to know what the Predator homeworld is like because there's got to be like teachers and mechanics and things. Uh, And... Yeah, what happens when face huggers attach onto every other kind of species? <laughs> My two burning questions. They haven't given us that yet. No. Yeah. I mean, we've had humans. We have had a cow or a dog, depending what version of Alien Three you watch. Yep. And we've had a predator, and that's it. One day. One day. I hope not. <laughs> well, if it 
if that is made into a film, we will be covering it on this podcast. Well, like Ridley for some Scott's future not Alien doing Day. Anything else that's interesting? I mean, at least if he's going to continue making terrible Alien films, like mean, why can't he make a terrible Alien film where there is a giraffe? <laughs> it's 200 years in the future and humans have killed everything well if you believe the ending of this film that is now non-canon then yes but what they can make is creepy newborn alien human hybrids that I was like thinking is that kind of Ripley's grandchild because or clone Ripley because she gave birth to the queen kind of didn't she didn't well, the queen was gestating inside her, and then that queen created the the skull-faced... Is that what, wait a minute. So that queen that gave birth to that baby is supposed to be the one that Ripley gave birth to? Yeah, was that not clear? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of all they talk about, actually. Really? Yeah, pretty much. How did I miss that? <laughs> because, I don't know, so much of the rest of it was... Yeah, it was um, not holding your attention. Well, I suppose to follow your logic, that means it's Ripley's great granddaughter because clone Ripley would be Ripley's daughter. Right. So well, no, not if clone Ripley gave birth. But clone Ripley is a clone. Did clone oh. Ripley give birth to the queen or did real Ripley give birth to the queen? But if you think about it, clone Ripley borrows elements from her and then the alien, which makes her a child because she's genetically different. So what you're saying is traits. it's an incestuous relationship? Uh, I think it's more of an asexual relationship. Well, not um, if that's like her child, but also her mum. Anyway, Natalie, we know that you felt feelings of great connection to the creepy newborn alien. It reminded me of my cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sad indictment of your cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did that whole. I think it's supposed to. It's supposed to be like quite animalistic, playing on that sort of, like you know. Wild natured, it can be gentle when it wants something from you. I don't know. I think it was when it doesn't get it. I think it was supposed to have this weird, expressive face that you know, because all the other aliens don't and they just have jaws upon jaws. This one was supposed to you're supposed to be able to look into its eyes and feel what it was feeling, but it was, I don't know. Yeah, I, so think the original, I think the original conception as written was something a bit more detailed than that, but they must have ran out of money or just <laughs> given it to the work experience guy who just paper mached up this monster. <laughs> just, it, it was supposed to be even more grotesque as well. It was supposed to have both sets of human genitalia, and apparently it was filmed with that, but they were edited out because it was considered just too grotesque. Yeah. For some reason it reminded me I don't know, parts of this film reminded me of the 90s Godzilla film. Um, Go on. And, yeah, it's a really tenuous connection, but I made it anyway. So you've got this bit where, um, well, Natalie, as she talks about, feel sorry for the aliens because they're, like, killing them. And then in the 90s Godzilla film, they kill them all, all, all the Godzilla creatures, because if not, they'll overrun the planet, which is what will happen here with the aliens if they don't do something about it. And then you have that bit at the end where you're supposed to feel sympathy for the giant creature. I mean, the, the alien thing is not giant, but it's, you know, you're supposed to feel sympathetic towards it when arguably there's no reason to feel sympathetic towards it. So Just because it's been betrayed. And this is one year before Godzilla, so, you know. Um, maybe Which was five years after Jurassic Park. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe Roland Emmerich watched this and thought, that's my story. 
Don't worry, dude. Yeah. What do you think about the way it was disposed of, Natalie? Just thought that they. Did you feel sad for it as it was like absolutely? Oh my god, w- it's so awful. Whimpering and being destroyed by the vacuum I of just, space. I don't get the I don't get the people who made this movie at all because they it's like they act like they don't give a shit about absolutely anything to do with it, and then just like and then just utterly destroyed. You just utterly just. Unnecess- unnecessary roughness, unnecessary cruelty. <laughs> just, I really struggled watching it. I really struggled watching it, and then when it got to that bit, I just felt like I was getting kicked in the teeth. It's basically the way you always deal with an alien, isn't it? You know, yeah. Out the airlock. Yes. Yeah, but way. like not bit by bit. <laughs> well, it that was particularly brutal. Minutes. Like. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel we especially sorry for it. I was like, I wish that was me. And we haven't talked about we haven't talked about the fact that it kills its mum that it's just been born from, you know. Even though like the xenomorph is all like, oh, like I gave birth to a little baby. Narrated handily baby. by Brad Dourif, who's just sitting there, kind then, of going, "Yeah, you're so a beautiful like, butterfly." Yeah, and it's all like, <laughs> you know, it's just been born. It's a really beautiful moment, and then it rips half its face off. <laughs> we didn't talk about the fact that like. The they're not precedent for that in nature, though. There, there are a lot of like, mate, not of the, not of the babies doing that. And then, like the mum, sure like, and then Ripley. We didn't talk about how Ripley finds all of like the total fucked up versions of her clone self, and then takes a flamethrower <laughs> to her live fucked <laughs> up version. Like, yes, humanely puts her out of her misery with a flamethrower. <laughs> Okay, I'll just torture. Well, it's all she had to hand, to be fair. No, it's not all she had to hand, Craig. It wasn't the most subtle way of doing it either. I'm sure that probably um, drew the attention of a few aliens. And it's like what our flatmate said. It's well, actually, he said it's the shit <laughs> film he's ever seen. Direct quote from from Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's turned into the Isaac. You can just hear him in the kitchen, <laughs> creeping so, around in the background. So there are some kind, there are some spiders that eat their parents or the mother anyway. Crab spiders. But do they punch their face off? That's the question. Well, not. It doesn't say so here. Yeah, but the mum <laughs> knows that and gives herself up for that. I don't. That's not what a xenomorph is supposed to do. Yeah, but this is no ordinary xenomorph. The the bit I didn't get was okay. We've changed the reproductive cycle so that they now just give birth rather than laying eggs. So that they, was Ripley's gift to her. Great, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like so a, you don't like you don't need the the face huggers anymore, which you know is a bit of an evolutionary advantage to be honest. Like that, that's probably good for your xenomorphs. That means they can just be deployed in the middle of a population center and continue reproducing and overrun the place very quickly. I don't know, I think they seemed to have it quite well down for, you know, every other film that we've seen them in. But now they're even better. Mm, no, they're not. They're more vulnerable. Are they, though? Yeah, they are. Do you think there's anything deeper to this film? Do you think all these, uh, you know, clearly um, clone Ripley's supposed to have this connection to the, to the aliens? She's... Um, 
as a non-clone character, been kind of living with them and uh, battling against them for however long. What what does it mean that she's she feels this now that she has this weird connection no, that she's kind of evolved she to? One of them doesn't she? And then when her raiders are like, "Why did you do that? That's one of your own." And she she gives no answer whatsoever. I don't. Do you think that's just another ill-conceived element of this movie? I feel like there's no there's no real rhyme or reason to any part of her character. She's completely flawed, and that's what's so frustrating because in the first movie she's. I'm just really... I hate him. There's one thing I think works relatively well. Uh, throughout, you're not quite sure whether you can trust Ripley. Because um, obviously she's familiar to the audience, or she'll be familiar to a chunk of the audience that are watching this who have seen the older films. Um, so you expect her to be the hero, but immediately she's acting very at odds with everything else. And there's kind of a volatility to her when she's around other people as well. So... I don't see her as the hero of this story because you think that she's just as likely to turn around and kill everybody as, as the aliens are. You know, you don't quite know what she's all about. I mean, they sort of abandon that eventually. <laughs> but I quite like that, you know, that kind of time bomb in their midst sort of idea. Yeah, I agree with that, I think. But I also think that, yeah, it's detrimental because, because she is this kind of unknown quantity. And yeah, maybe... For part of it, you could think, I don't know what's going to happen here. But then also, the whole point of having her in it is... They didn't take it too far, though. They didn't, like, they... Don't mean too far. They didn't take it far enough. They have her be this, like, oh, you're conflicted. Is she good? Is she bad? Who is she? Is she an alien? What's going on? But then they don't, like, but when it suits them, she's then she's then back to her regular pre-cloned self. She's all yeah, like, but, oh, I think I know how to drive this. Oh, let's go to Earth. Oh, how nice. Oh, I've never seen Earth. Like, whenever they want and whenever it suits them, they bring the old Ripley back. But for them to have an edge, they, they've they tried to make her this, like, weird alien-human hybrid. And I don't. it's not worked at all. And I really... It just doesn't work for me on any level. Sorry. The movie is shit. Basketball skills, though. Yeah, she, <laughs> she um she does acknowledge that she's no longer human though and then the most kind of relatable scene she has is when you find out is it Cole? Cole? Whatever her name is. Uh, yeah. Winona Ryder. When she when everybody finds out that she's an android, that's the most kind of that's the most open conversation she has. Because I guess it's the one person that she feels that she can relate to because a non human among humans kind of thing. There's a bit, little bit of depth there. Yeah. It's not a bad conversation either. This thing is trash. <laughs> We've gathered that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Still, yeah, there's really not much to to go on. Only why? I feel like I want to clone my younger self just so I can smack him in the face forever thinking that this was a good film. Or for suggesting that we podcast about every single movie to do with it because it's obvious that they're all trash. I'd have to clone younger Craig for that. You would? I don't think you want to do that. One of me is enough. All I'm saying is I feel like all they've done with these alien movies is create one that's like well worse than the one before it just to make it look like that one was better. There's some stuff under the surface here. I mean, there's a bit of existentialism, the whole, 
you know, is a clone a living being? Is you know, what what does it mean to be a clone of someone who was once alive? I mean, like Ripley is dead, but her legacy lives on through this other version of Ripley, and you know, she has to figure out who she is because she's like brand new. She kind of has some flashes of memories of the old one. Like she talks about Newt but doesn't remember mm. her name, that kind of stuff. So there's little bits of her identity and she starts thinking about is that still me? And then I think that scene where she walks through the you know, the the lab where there's a bunch of other clones kicking about is is very much the actually am I unique? You know, is there anything about me that that makes me stand out? Yeah, like I get that and I get what they were trying to do but it wasn't executed in any way whatsoever that I think has any, any redeeming features at all. It was a waste of time for me and for everyone involved producing it, <laughs> a waste of money. If anyone got anything out of that and they then now think, like, good, I'm never going to have any moment in my life where I think about making anything like this, good. But for me to have sat down and use my time to watch it and then know that I have to talk about it on a podcast the next day. I, I've i got better things to do in my time. This movie. You have better things to it'd do be in nicer, time It'd be nicer. <laughs> it should have been It should have been destroyed. People shouldn't be allowed to watch it anymore. Have we found a rival to your uh, Power Rangers feelings? <laughs> I hate this more than Power Rangers. This is incredible, folks. <laughs> In fairness, I don't think many people rewatch this film. I think it's they have the Alien Quadrilogy because it's cheaper than buying the first two on their own. Correct. Yeah, because that's why I have them all because it's cheaper to buy it that way. That's why I bought it for Goss, and there I have major regrets. <laughs> Same with the Terminator box set. Wait. I don't have the Terminator box set. I actually own one, two, and three, and I don't own any of the other ones. I think the one I have. Up to four, maybe? Is it three or four? Anyway, you only, four. you only really want it for one and two. Yeah, although I've recently rebought Terminator 2 on 4K. So that's I am. Um... Also, have my big Terminator arm that came with it. That's I want this cool. to be over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, we could start Judgment Day podcast where we talk about the Terminator films every year. It, you know, we get two good years and then. <laughs> Why did you keep signing us up to these <laughs> jail sentences or podcasts? Well, you, you did ask what other annual events we could be doing. <laughs> August 31st or whatever it is. Well, it sounds like we're we're pretty well resigned to the fact that we've seen the best of the Alien movies and that our fate from now on, until we've covered all of them, is that it's just going to get worse and worse. Although possibly not. As bad as this, you know. I think that they might get a more a... next year. I'm telling you, I, I have things to say about Alien versus Predator that might be contrary to the prevailing opinion. I don't even know if I've seen AVP Requiem, so that could even be uh, something to look forward to—a brand new film. Even if you've seen it, you haven't really seen it. It is the darkest film ever made, and I mean <laughs> thematically. <laughs> I mean that it is not well lit. I love it when they do that. <laughs> going to watch it through 3D glasses for the, <laughs> the darkest experience, the darkest timeline. Yeah, uh, we, what I really need is a 30% light loss on this thing. <laughs> Why not? Uh, whatever gets you through the night. Not this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
do you have any last feelings on the Alien Quadrilogy as we leave the original series? This is the the very end of our coverage of it. Natalie? Why? <laughs> I said, I actually, I'm surprised Craig didn't read this out, but I left a question for the question and answer set. There was a further cue that we did not A. Well, no, yeah. it was a, a cue from, from Natalie. I said, encouraged her to ask it live. I said, why? Why anything? Why this? Why Why even do this? That's and my that thing. That, that I could like be what Ripley was sense. asking herself when she was trying to figure out her place in the universe. I can't even remember what I said. Just why? 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 Craig, what do you think? As a fan of the series, but, you know... I, I could um, sympathise with you if you're not a fan after having to dissect the last two movies. Well, surely if you're talking about Alien as a franchise, I wouldn't be a fan of it because I've only enjoyed two of them, however <laughs> many there is. But uh, how many is there? It's like two EVPs, so that's six. Please Covenant, don't add them up because you're just Covenant going to press Prometheus, me. so that's eight. There's a couple of shorts for the 40th anniversary <laughs> that I've not watched. <laughs> Maybe I should watch them. Christmas uh, special. Christmas special, yeah. the alien Christmas special. Why not? Um, I'm kind of sad that this is the end of Ripley. I'm glad because if this is, in fact, I'm sad that this is how she really died. Well, that's what I mean. Like that's the end of her. Like that, this is the last we see of Ripley, and it's it's terrible. Yeah. Um, even Alien Three was a better ending for her than this. Yep, for sure. Um, I mean, you can like you just... said, to just make it crap so that the last one looks better. You could just watch Alien 2 and then imagine what happens next. That's kind of what I do now. I don't think of 3 and 4 as being <laughs> as being the last we see of the character. Well, neither does Ridley Scott. He said that, uh, as far as he was concerned, Alien and Aliens were canon and then Prometheus. So, you know. Uh, well, they do exist, so he needs to be in this reality and just acknowledge that that's really where his vision went, and that's what happened to his story. Does he well, acknowledge what? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? <laughs> we're actually in a um, we're actually in a filmmaking world where people are just getting rid of reboots entirely, and um, or getting rid of ver- like films in a series. So we've got a RoboCop film coming out at some point that is the original RoboCop two script uh, with Neil Blomkamp directing. So that's you know that forgets about two and three. Uh, Halloween just abandoned everything after the first one. Yeah. And made a sequel to that, um, for better or for worse. Can we just make, like, new movies? What else, then? What else was abandoned? Terminator is always abandoning the previous one. Um, I mean, Genesis itself abandons everything, including the first one. And now this new one is abandoning everything <laughs> after the second one, I guess. <laughs> Does anyone keep up with any of this? <laughs> Only Craig. I'll just um, I'll hand out the flowchart on the way in. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to enjoy this film, you must understand this, this how this <laughs> ties into the the wider mythos. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much after this, it's all prequels, though, isn't it? I mean, you don't ever visit the future timeline again. Um, Great. How do you feel you about that? Colonial Marines, the video game that now is non-canon because it was crap, and uh, yeah, it seems that every time there's a crap alien film, they try and forget about it. I hold out hope that they can make a Colonial Marines, and that it'll be a spiritual sequel to Aliens. You hold out Hadley's hope. There it is. Yes. Actually, I was thinking about them making a kind of Rogue One-ish. Uh, 
in between Alien and Aliens and have it be Hadley's Hope. <laughs> and you just know everyone's going to die. I mean, that's spoilers for Rogue One, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that seems like the kind of thing that they might do is just take a take some point from somewhere in this timeline and say, let's tell this untold story. Yeah, well, there's Isolation, which is Ripley's daughter, in it? So that's another story that they could make a film out of. Please don't. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. But, but, it, but it would be. But, like, Ripley is one of those classic film characters, and, and you know, this is her swan song, which is... Oh, it's not very good. Yeah, ill-conceived. It's like John McClane, you know, he's now no longer John McClane. That's because I'm John McClane. He's some balding superhero who runs around creating international incidents. Um, although they have tried to... I don't know, I kind of thought that Winona Ryder character was supposed to be a bit Ripley-esque. I don't know. I I got nothing from her. <laughs> no. no, I mean, just in the way she looks. You know, she had, like, the short hair and uh, the, the kind of, in theory, ballsy attitude. You normally like Winona, right, Natalie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this? Well, I still wanted to like her. <laughs> you wanted to, but just couldn't bring yourself to. She was good at Spock's mother, as Spock's mother. Look, there's no, we've gone through this. Do you think this film is why she shoplifted? <laughs> I think that's what drove her to it, yeah. <laughs> Let's bring up that old news story. <laughs> <laughs> well, the film was so boring that I was actually thinking about that as I was watching it. <laughs> I, mean, I actually think the, um, I think my favourite scene in the film might be the cloning lab where she sees all the different versions of herself. I think that's, you know, it's just kind of like surreal and grotesque. Bit of a, the whole you know, thing's grotesque. A, a, yeah, a, a bit of a Ripley's Believe It or Not. That kind of, you know. <laughs> He's been well, hanging on to that one for ages. No wonder you won't let us. And I was like, it has to get to the podcast. Well, no wonder you won't let us get to the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How many more have you have you got of these? That was it. I'm done. Well, uh, good because so am I. Like a certain film series, we're petering out to a sorry end, and <laughs> <laughs> as we gaze out of the the capsule back to Earth. Natalie, I think I know what you're going to say in summation. I've got nothing else to say. Can we actually discuss the first sighting of Earth in the Alien franchise? Oh my god. Although Craig. that's only in the director's cut, right? Craig, Craig, yes. let it go because there's nothing here worth talking about. I don't know. I, just, um, I was interested that it was just a barren wasteland. I mean, why do you think that is? Is it because Walmart bought the Whale and Jutani Corporation? <laughs> oh, it does want it to be over. We could, we could just sign off and let him carry on like this. <laughs> we should have just like left the microphone on and just like gone, done our stuff, done the dishes. I don't know. I, don't know. I, th- I think that's noteworthy, though. You'd never see Earth until this point. Well, it's not like they did any justice, you know what I'm saying? But in one year's time, we will return there and be talking about it. Past Earth, not future Earth, but, well... Or present day into... Present day, Earth. past from what we're currently talking about. Yeah, get that flowchart out again. <laughs> uh, Craig, 
any other business? Anything else you'd like to say about Alien Resurrection? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> got to see Earth at the end. That was interesting. Just a wasteland. I kind of want to know more about that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a crossover with Planet of the Apes. <laughs> you need to stop asking these questions because one day they'll be answered in the form of terrible movies. I'm sure there has been an Alien Planet of the Apes crossover comic. I'm going to look that up in the show notes. Stop saying things out loud because as soon as you say it out loud, it's like it has to exist. (laughs) Right, well, my final thoughts are that I fooled myself into thinking that there was something worthwhile about this film. Watching it again was boring and um, pretty disappointing. Uh, yeah, a terrible, terrible end to to a series that was kind of petering out. Go and watch one and two; they're good. Three, not so much. Charles Dance, shout out. Uh, Just remember, at this point, it was a fifty percent hit rate. Yeah, those were the good days. <laughs> Actually, the hundred percent hit rate with the first two; those were the good days. <laughs> But yeah, so um, thanks for joining us again. Come back in a year's time, and we'll be talking about some I predators anyone, as well. Yeah, anyone's joined us for this one? It was a, it was my pleasure to just uh, stir the pot from the peanut gallery. Just it's, uh, freeing, not being the host. I can just say whatever I want. Well, I'm still the editor. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's always disconcerting as as Natalie loses interest. <laughs> She was. She did not enjoy the film, and she did not enjoy talking about the film. No, that's well, correct. Attendance to the podcast wasn't <laughs> compulsory. Well, that's true, but here she is. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, and good night. I'm away to hibernate for another year before Alien vs Predator. Hey, thanks for joining us on our annual pilgrimage to the Alien Verse. Thanks to everyone involved, and remember to check out all the great content at kneelbeforeblog.co.uk. Kneel Before Pod podcasts can be found at the website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else good podcasts are sold. <laughs>